This episode of the Upper Discussion Podcast is brought to you in part by Whiskey Lane. Launched in Kelowna, BC, and now expanding to Montreal, Whiskey Lane is on a mission to share their obsession with quality food and drinks with growing audiences by keeping the best local flavors on their minds and on their tongues. No matter what your business needs to grow, Whiskey Lane knows how to make it happen. Whiskey Lane, bringing long lines to the producers of specialty food and drinks. Go to whiskeylane.ca to find out more. And that's whiskey, the Canadian way, without an E. Hi, I'm Tom Zalatni, and you're listening to episode 321 of Up for Discussion, a show about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. Look, everybody loves watching cooking competition shows, seeing professional chefs go head-to-head using limited ingredients with intense challenges and set amounts of time, watching them whip up brilliant dishes under pressure. But what if a culinary competition show eliminated the chefs? What if we pitted the foods themselves up against each other, round after round, to determine the best food of the year? This is that competition. This is Munch Madness. Before we dig in, I want to take a minute to acknowledge that the studio where I'm recording is situated within Zhejage in the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember that the lands we occupy are not our own, and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. I want to encourage you to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and with the indigenous communities of that area. Today, we are playing through our two semifinal matchups and finding out which two competitors will be competing in the finale. Our first matchup is between 8th seed rice and 5th seed cheese, and our second matchup is between 10th seed dumplings and 3rd seed pies. Will the infinitely versatile grain rice take down the comfort food powerhouse cheese? Which version of dough stuffed with stuff will move on to the final round? I know who I'd vote for if it were up to me, but it's not at all. I have no say in any of this. I'm just here to run the show. Every week here on Munch Madness, I call up two guest judges to defend their favorites. And if we get a tie, I call up a third surprise judge to break it. All right, let's get into it. Okay, so my first guest on this week's episode of Up for Discussion Munch Madness is Kyle Forgeron. He's the CEO of Oasis, which is a uh, really exciting app slash website that uh, I'm going to get him to tell you guys all about in a minute. Uh, But basically, uh, it is a service where you can type in what kind of food you want to make, and it pulls up a really expansive database. And you can put in things like dietary restrictions, allergies, time limits, limit number of ingredients. I typed in chicken a minute ago to see what kind of chicken recipes I could get, and I narrowed it down ridiculously to like no gluten less than six ingredients and it still managed to give me something and i find that really really exciting so uh, kyle welcome to the show thanks for joining us awesome to be here and thank you for the uh, really detailed and, and really uh, great introduction i think that's exactly why we made this uh so yeah just building off what you said i think the, the main thing that we're trying to help people with is eating things that work for them and everyone's unique right and, and we know that eating what you're actually excited about and, and not having it be this stressful thing that's hanging over your head really really matters especially when you are someone who has some sort of allergy dietary restriction something like that and that's what we've found is people who get a lot of value out of it are people who uh typical recipes don't work for them because you have to read through the steps to figure out is this actually safe for me to eat so um yeah i'll get a little bit more into that 
But uh, yeah, thanks for the intro, Tom. Happy to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. Yeah, so what um, what kind of prompted you to make this app? Like, where, where did this kind of idea stem from for you? All right, so it was a little bit of a curveball, not, not the way you typically draw up your life plan, but uh, I was in a master's program for counseling psychology uh, over the past couple of years. And when I moved uh, out to Springfield, Mass, to be, uh, so I, I live near the Boston area, I went to Northeastern for undergrad, moved up to Springfield, and um, my girlfriend at the time moved with me. This was the first time we'd been living together. And, you know, we are millennials and had seen all the ads for the meal kit services, your HelloFreshes and Home Chefs and what have you. And she had actually done Home Chef on her own at her previous apartment and would just, you know, eat one of the servings and have another one later. So we always expected, you know, we're hip and trendy. We'll, uh, we'll pick one of these and stick with it because we like those. And it turned out that we tried nine different meal kit services and ended up not using any of them long term. I don't know if you can ethically include this on the podcast, but for a little spice, or maybe this is something that everyone does. Uh, probably I'm not unique in this. We basically would just do the starter deal and then create a new account with a new email and do the starter deal again sure. because it was a bad deal otherwise, right? So uh, that tells you something about their product offering. So we, you know, we tried the the typical HelloFresh Home Chef. We tried plated and every plate and you know every single one and. What we found is that there were consistent issues with all of them. So they were always too expensive after that intro deal. You're paying like twice per serving of what you pay at the grocery store. There really weren't great selections for when you wanted to have really specialized diet. So my, my fiance, she's my fiance now. Uh, she has a peanut and tree nut allergy and generally doesn't eat meat. So it's you know very limiting what recipes you can even have in that sure. situation. Yeah. And then on top of that, uh, so it's like limited selection. They, don't, they only have 20 recipes. And if you're if you're filtering that at all, there's really poor selection. And then you also still have to go grocery shopping because they <laughs> don't actually fill out everything else that you need. So it's like, okay, here are my three meals delivered to my door. Man, that was convenient. But I still have to go to the grocery store. So like, was it even time saving? Like, it's not clear. Because right. then your fridge is half these bags of stuff that will turn into dinners and half like everything else that you bought. And it's not, there's no cohesion. And it's also just not environmentally friendly. So all these services are really aware that this is a problem because they talk about it on their website extensively. So you can bet anytime uh, a site is spending a lot of effort on a certain uh, topic, it's because they've gotten that feedback from customers, right? So uh, HelloFresh has a lot of conversations about like, oh, our eco-friendly packaging. And it's like, well, sort of, but also <laughs> like, can we really trust you with that compared to uh, grocery stores where you know you know what your grocery store is going to do and you can you know ask for um, paper bags or if it wasn't depending on what the pandemic is like in your area you know you can bring reusable bags so in general it's never going to be as environmentally friendly um, and then they just when you add all these things together you look at why why is that the case with meal kits and it's because they are trying to be a direct consumer grocery company so they're controlling the supply chain of ingredients and that means they don't have a warehouse of every ingredient under the sun. They can only have certain things at certain times because of the fact, you know, things will spoil. Right. So that means that's why the prices are too high. That's why they can only offer you certain things, et cetera, et cetera. So that was a long way of saying their business model doesn't meet the needs of a lot of people I know, myself and my partner included. So we, you know, I basically said to her, um, I could write a script. I'm a novice engineer, but I could write a script. <laughs> Uh, you know, psychology background, I can write something that'll just basically make a grocery list for us and we'll be on our merry way. And, you know, other people liked that idea and have since turned it into a business. So that's where we are now. 
just for a little bit more context, the, the really key benefit of the service is just the time savings and the confidence that you know that what you're eating will, will appeal to you and the people you're eating with. So one of the cool things it does is if you're using it with multiple people, um, if I have certain tastes and preferences and restrictions and someone else, so in this case, you know, my, my partner has her restrictions, when we go to find meals together, it'll only offer recipes that'll fit for both of us. Mm -hmm. So then if I'm back home with my parents and my sister, the recommendations will also fit with that group of people, which would be very different mm -hmm. from what I would see um, when I'm currently living in my apartment. So yeah, it's just, uh, that's what we're trying to do is make it as easy as possible for people to just know what they're gonna eat because I, I've seen a couple of memes about this where it's like, I never knew that the hardest part of being an adult was gonna be figuring out what to eat every damn night for the rest of my life and it's you know this is a thing it's always a problem it's this it's the never-ending story of how do i feed myself and not hate it uh and, and not you know poison myself and so we're just trying to make that a little bit more fun a little more enjoyable nice yeah i love that i i think yeah over the years i've had so many moments where i'm like looking through my fridge and i'm like oh, i have like you know, sometimes you look in your fridge and you see a protein and a vegetable and like a sauce and you're like, oh, perfect. I can throw this together. I know exactly what I'm doing with this. But realistically, a lot more of the time you go into your fridge and you're like, uh, okay, I know I have food here. I know that there's like, like I could make something with this, but I'm not feeling inspired by it. And I've always said like, it would be really nice to have some kind of app where I could just write in like, oh, I've got, you know, I've got chicken, I've got cheese, I've got, you know, XYZ ingredients, like, what are all my possibilities here? And I think that that's what you guys do really, really well is like, you're both, you know, it is both a service where I can just type in chicken, and it'll give me like, hundreds of potential options. But also, like, right. I can really, really refine that down. And like, like I was saying before, you know, before hopping on this call, I was testing it out a little bit and I was like, okay, what's like, you know, six ingredients or less, a chicken recipe that I can make if all I have at home is like, you know, chicken and salt and pepper. And sure enough, it was like, here's a, here's a slow cooked whole chicken recipe. And I'm like, oh, amazing. I wouldn't have thought to do that. And I wouldn't have known that I could do a, you know, whole chicken in a slow cooker, but there you have it. And I think yeah. that having that tool, having that asset of like, okay, you know, you're going to be in situations sometimes where you don't have that inspiration right out the gate. Maybe this will help you with that. You're going to be in situations where you have to cook for multiple, you know, dietary restrictions. <laughs> like I know that I'm going to be using this to come up with new gluten-free recipes because my partner switched to, to gluten-free diet, like, you know, within the past six months. And it really threw me for a loop because like everything I make is, you know, gluten <laughs> and it's like okay well like with this i'm going to be able to retool recipes i'm going to be able to find new inspiration for stuff and i think that's just so smart so kudos to you guys for figuring that out well yeah thanks for saying that and uh actually the use case that you bring up is one that immediately came to mind when we were first even before this was even a business idea or anything else i was like all right well this is a situation where i really use this is when someone's diet changes right because you like like people settle into some sort of patterns and we know that even people who love being inspired and trying new recipes they're not going to have a brand new recipe every single night of their life like they have their own favorites and they should like they want to know that the food they're going to have is delicious they don't want to always try new things it's a little scary right and and i'm way too you know like when we're picking recipes each week we're going to pick at least two that we've had before and then maybe try some new ones so when you're talking about um, a switching diet to being gluten-free that's a major wrench in the whole machine because it's like, well, none of my recipes fit with that, right? Like here's this whole awesome, you know, mental database, Rolodex of recipes that I just 
put off to the side, can't use anymore, you know? So um, a, a friend of mine was talking about the same situation where his girlfriend was saying one of the favorite, her favorite things to do uh, was always to like cook comfort food for people, which has a lot of cheese in it. And then she started dating this guy who has a, has a lactose intolerance. And suddenly she had to like relearn her entire thing and felt like she couldn't express her love to him properly because the way she would normally do that is by making these delicious cheesy things that most people would love, right? So right. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's really interesting. So uh, one thing I wanted to mention that I didn't do a good job of before is talking about, you know, why why are we doing this? So the, the real reason, the real purpose, mission, whatever word you wanna use for it, is that we wanna help families relieve the stress of making dinner mm -hmm. so that they can focus on making memories. Mm -hmm. And we really feel strongly about that mission because you know, it depends how you define your family. It could be parents with kids. It could be your roommates. That's a form of family. Sure, it could be yeah. But whatever that group of people is, there's something about sharing food together that's lost when one person is like heating something up in the microwave, the other person's throwing together ramen or something, and you're both eating sort of staggered. And it's just not the same. You right. know, there's no connection over that versus you're both taking that first bite together like, oh, this is amazing. So that's something that meal kits can do where you're cooking together, you're eating it together, you're enjoying it together. But there's they're missing that the human element of it because they're saying, we're telling you what you can eat. You can eat one of these 20 recipes and conform to our standards. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to take it and be like, all right, well, the human element's really important. Everyone is a unique individual and we want to be able to offer that shared connection, that memory making dinner time experience, but that actually works for every unique individual. That everyone can be excited about it, right? So uh, we see a lot of potential with, you know, parents whose kids are picky eaters or, you know, I know when I was in college, um, my roommates and I almost never shared food, not necessarily because we didn't like the same things, but because it was just logistically hard to be like, okay, what are we going to grocery shop for together? Because right. we were all just, we all had our own section of the fridge, you know, I'm <laughs> sure some listeners have, have experienced that type of lifestyle. So, and it's like, if there was a thing that just made it so that, hey, you're going to share two meals this week, here are the shared ingredients we definitely would have done that. You know, right. our, our family at the time would have done that. So that's what we're trying to do. That's that's the real purpose. And hopefully that resonates. Yeah, I love that. I, I think like, so, so, you know, using my own family as an example, like I am someone who has kind of no dietary restrictions. I shouldn't have too much garlic or too much dairy because I have, right. you know, intolerances to both. But like I can, you know, it's, 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 it just depends on how good I want to feel that night. And like, yeah. you know, we have two kids, you know, a six-year-old and a two-year-old or a seven-year-old and a two-year-old. And like, they're both, you know, different levels of picky and my partner can't do gluten right now and like doesn't like seafood. So like sometimes, you know, sitting down to figure out a meal that works for everybody can be simple enough because we know what the three or four things are that like everybody yeah. will eat, you know, but it's, it's when you, I find that the part where it gets tricky is if we're doing takeout, right? Which like feels along the same lines as doing those meal kit services where it's definitely not as cheap, but sometimes it's a little more convenient, whatever. But you know, if we're trying to find a, even just a takeout place that offers something for each of us, it really narrows down the list, right? Like there's there's yeah. so few options where like <laughs> you can get something that's gluten-free, you can get something that's kid-friendly, you can get something that's affordable. And so I love the idea of having this service where you're like, again, like, okay, you know, let's just put in all the factors here. It's going to tell us what we can all handle. And, you know, there's going to be more than one option at that point. So you're still going to have a little bit of, you know, a chance to look around and be like, oh, like, this sounds exciting to everybody. Let's do this this time. Or it might yeah. spit out like six 
different recipes and then you're like oh cool we have a week's worth of meals here that are all like variations on things that each of us can eat this is amazing let's just make a meal plan out of this and so i think that this is going to really revolutionize the way that at least my family (laughs) does meal planning because we can sit down and go okay what's accessible to everybody here and it's perfect Well, you know, I'm happy to hear you say that because your your family is the type of people that we would have made this for, or that we that sure. we did make this for. And I think you said something really important that's something that we don't want to lose sight of, which is the fact that people have their three or four old reliables that are always a crowd pleaser, and then you can go back to those. Mm-hmm. And something that our team has talked a lot about is how do we integrate with that? How mm-hmm. do we, you know, because when you're grocery shopping, let's say that you want to do one out of those four right. each week. You have that mentally of, all right, here's what I need to buy for that because I've made it 50,000 times. And I just, now I need to fill out the rest of my grocery list. Mm-hmm. Some families might just do those same four meals week in, week out and be happy with that. And more power to them. I never you know, could do that. I need a little more <laughs> variety in my life. So for people who do want that variety, we want to make it easy for them to cook their favorites and find new favorites and try brand new things that they won't come back to, right? So like that whole spread. And so it's a balance between um, reliability and and comfort versus variety, exciting, but a little bit uncertain also at the same time. Yeah. And so the way that we're addressing that or, you know, bridging that gap is when people create an account on Oasis, they can save any recipe that they find on the platform to their cookbook. So if they cook something and really like it, they can add it to their cookbook. And then on top of that, a feature that we're adding in the next few weeks and that'll be there before we do our big social campaign rollouts and everything is you can take any online recipe and just give us the URL and we'll pull in that Mm. recipe for you and you can save it on your cookbook that way. So if you found a food blog recipe or a New York Times cooking article from forever ago and you just keep going back to that, you can add that to your cookbook. And then again, the Oasis experience is look at all these pictures of food, what looks tasty, click, click, there's my grocery list. Like it's supposed to be 10 seconds, I know what to buy to have these things, no complication. And so by allowing you to do that with any online recipe, we make it so that anything you can think of, I wanna have that, it's incredibly easy to just add it to your grocery list. And then uh, one feature we didn't talk about was if you're someone who likes delivery, similar to the meal kits, we partner with Amazon Fresh and we're working to add Peapod, Instacart, and Walmart, so you can just get your, your groceries delivered to your door, and it's just as convenient as the meal kit experience. Amazing. And then you know, when we add the URL scraping, we'll also have the ability for you to input your own. So if there's um, you know grandma's cookies that you want to be able to make on the weekend, and you have a recipe written on a little note card, and you want to take the time to type that up, you can then at any time add it to your cookbook. And recipes that you do that with, you can actually share on the platform. Nice. And if other people are, are using them, you'll get revenue the same way that YouTube video views can be monetized. So that's really how the platform is gonna grow, is for your own unique recipes when you share them, uh, you can get some revenue. And if you get really big, you might be making a pretty nice uh, passive income on the platform. So that's awesome. Um, that's what I'm really excited about in the next few months. That's very cool. That uh, I did not know about that feature, so I'm gonna be, uh... I'm going to try to take advantage of that a little bit too. I love uh, love a passive income stream. <laughs> the earlier you get on, the more likely it is that you'll be like at the top of the recipes, right? Because it's what everyone's going to see. Sure, yeah. Meeting, so. That's awesome. Well, hey, this uh, this sounds like everything about this is fantastic and like so much deeper and so much more intricate than like than I knew even just from like a surface level. There's so much thought that goes into this, and there's so much potential for this, and like. 
yeah, listeners, if you are listening to this and you haven't had a chance yet, go take a look. Uh, it's oasisfood.com, Oasis with a Y instead of an I. It's it's fantastic. I would highly recommend checking it out and seeing what, uh, you know, maybe challenge yourself to to make a recipe using this service this week at some point, you know? Hey, I, I use it every week. That, that's, that's the funny thing is that I always remind myself, even if other people are not using it, getting value out of it, at least I am. I'm right. always benefiting from it because I made it for myself and my family. So that's the yeah, best. Uh, thanks for thanks for chatting about it, Tom. I really of course, it. my pleasure. That's that's like I think the the optimal thing is to make something that you yourself will use oh, and yeah. enjoy. You know, because mm-hmm. then it's like worst case scenario. Like at least I like this. Yeah, no, that, that's the validation for me. Is like, it, you know, and, and then it's also a reminder of well, I must be able to find other people out there who had the same pain points that I had to right. create this thing in the first place. So it's a reminder of. I'm not, I can't possibly be unique. You know, we talk about people being unique, but problems are not necessarily unique. So right. yeah, I keep looking for other people who face those same things. Cause at the end of the day, why would you, you know, why would you create something if it's not about helping people in some way? And that's, that's right. what we want to do. So um, yeah, we're, we're hopeful to spread the word and, and help as many people as possible eat great food with as little effort as possible. Love that. Well, you have, uh, you have created something really awesome that I think is going to make a lot of people really happy, hopefully, and like, you know, improve people's oh, no. lives in a really marked way. So now let's, uh, <laughs> let's move into Munch Madness real quick. We have, oh, uh, we have two matchups today. This is our semifinal rounds. Uh, so the way that this works is that I get my guests to tell me who they vote for and why between each matchup. Uh, and then obviously by the end of the episode, we will know who's moving forward to the next round. So Kyle, these can be entirely subjective, right? You don't have to think about this in any way except for, you know, the way that it works for you. Uh, So it could be that it's the one that you think is more versatile, more, you know, meaningful to the world. It could just be what you like better. It it can be as deep or as shallow as you want it to be. That's the beauty of this. Um, So our first matchup in the semifinals is between rice and cheese. Who's your pick? All right, so full disclosure here, I did happen to watch or, or listen to, we're talking about a podcast here, uh, I did listen to the episode about uh, the rice versus pasta mm-hmm. and the cheese versus sandwiches. So I had some some favorites coming into this, and uh, I'm disappointed that sandwiches did not advance because I was really looking forward to debating between rice and sandwiches because I think that would have been a really interesting conversation <laughs> how versatile both of those things are. Sure. But here we are. So rice and cheese... So I, I, one thing I didn't mention about myself is that I grew up uh, abroad. I actually lived in uh, Saudi Arabia for the first eight years of my life and then Singapore for the next 10. Cool. So uh, very much rice is a part of the cultures that I have <laughs> grown up in and especially Asian cultures. Um, so one thing I would say is that rice can be used in all different types of uh, dishes. Obviously cheese can too, and I'll talk about cheese in a bit but um you know rice can be just like a filler in a burrito uh it could be the main thing in a risotto or an arancini um it could be so something that i don't know if many uh north americans have had americans canadians um ha- have had would be like sticky rice as a dessert mm. uh, so i don't know have you had that tom i have but uh but i don't yeah i, I don't know how common it is yeah okay so there are a ton of, in Asia, there are a lot of like really different ways to make rice. So if, if anyone's unfamiliar, if any listeners who have never heard of this before, uh, who are like, what the heck? <laughs> so sticky rice is when you, if you've ever left rice in the pot for a while, not 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 to the point where it gets hard, mind you, but uh, to the part where it just gets like all kind of like stuck together mm-hmm. and you can, you can like literally grab a handful of it and just be like this rice ball. So sticky rice is like that. 
but it's also coated with this like syrupy kind of to make it a dessert. So my favorite is mango sticky rice, mm -hmm. obviously very tropical, but it's almost like a almost like rice pudding, which by the way, rice pudding, another thing you can do with rice. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so lots of different uh, lots of different ways to have rice. Whereas with cheese, it's often delicious, don't get me wrong, but not the star of most dishes. It's like it's necessary or I might be saying this backwards. What I'm what I'm trying to say is that it adds to the dishes, but you couldn't necessarily make most of the dishes uh with only cheese, whereas sure. you could make it without the cheese, right? So like you can have a hamburger or a cheeseburger, but you couldn't like just have the cheese. I guess that would be a weird grilled cheese with like burger patty or something. Right. Like that. Yeah. Um, so uh you know I, I'm probably like all over the place on this and I think you know where I'm heading. But I think rice is just a more I mean it's it's literally like sustained entire countries and cultures on it by itself. Tons of different things you can do with it. And I also have to give the nod to my my Asian uh, upbringing a little bit, sure. so I'm gonna go with rice on that one. Although you know I do love cheese, don't get me wrong. Sure. <laughs> I eat cheese all the time, pasta, sandwiches, all that good stuff. Sounds good. Okay, so a vote for rice, and Whoa. I think that the uh, the dog walking by outside your building is agreeing with you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I have a little mini dachshund puppy right now, and that's Fine. part of the reason why we came down here. Is if I was recording in another room, you'd <laughs> be like trying to figure out where I went. Right. You know, Person, yeah, so. my um, uh, my toddler's the same way. <laughs> you're not allowed to do anything. Pay attention to me. Where where'd you go? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, all right, so a vote for rice, sweet, and that brings us to the second of our semifinal matchups, which is between dumplings and pies. This one this one feels harder to me. I don't know. What are you thinking? They're similar, right? They're like an encased something or other. Um, you know, it's it's funny because after all of that lip service that I just paid to growing up in Asia, I'm actually swinging the other direction on this one and saying pies. I am pies all day and twice on Sunday, or every day and twice on Sunday. Uh, I So I, pie is my favorite dessert. Um, and and for anyone who thinks, you know, American pies, like so, you know, sweet, cloying, whatever, I actually prefer pies that have a bit of a tartness to them, some <laughs> strawberry rhubarb, mm, um, something, you know, something that's not like, over the top sweet, but has has a little bit of balance there with some acidity. Uh, but also just the the variety of different things that you could consider a pie. So like I would consider a quiche to be a pie. Sure. Let me some quiche. Um, different you know different types of. It depends where you want to go with this, but um, I'm not a huge meat pie kind of person. Although I know there are people who are in that category, so I'm not necessarily including that in my thought process about this, but. You know, yeah, favorite favorite dessert by far. Um, gotta gotta go with the pie. And you know, I do love dumplings, but I I think there are just not as many different situations in which I would eat a dumpling. Sure. Whereas with pie, it's like, and you know, again, this is super American, but uh, every Fourth of July, every Thanksgiving, every Christmas, it's like, here's your four different options of pie, and I'm having a slice of all of them. Right. So, <laughs> um, I you know I. If, if pie was missing from a year of my life, it would be very noticeable. If dumplings were missing for a year, it'd be like, oh, you know, I haven't had a dumpling in a while. Right. So I think that's how I'm thinking about this. Um, and then there was something else I was going to say about, oh, yeah, uh, this might be, <laughs> people might roll their eyes at this one, but technically uh, people, some people call pizza pies um, or pizzas pizza pies. So if you want to lump pizza into the pie category as well, that is huge leg up for pies also so uh yeah the good old pizza pie so yeah pies pies are my vote i'm gonna counter that and say that a calzone is kind of a dumpling okay okay, <laughs> okay. 
you can't have one without the other. So, you know, it'd be hypocritical of me to question that. Um, certainly structured like a dumpling. So, I get it. so then, all right. So, so run with me on, on this a little bit. Uh, do you ever eat pizza? I don't know if it's like the New York way or whatever. My buddy from New York said this, but like you fold it up and then eat it like that. Sure. It's yeah. like you, slice and you fold it in half. So, what what are you consuming at that point? Is it no longer a pie because it's been folded? It's not actually pinched together. Does that make it a sandwich? It's in between a pie and a dumpling. Like what are we what are we talking about there? Oh, ooh, okay, okay. I think hear me out on this one. I think that when you fold your pizza, it doesn't stop being pizza. I'm going to put that out there. It, it's it's okay. still pizza. Yeah. But if we're going to compare it to anything else, I think maybe it has become a taco. Oh, that's a good point. Now do I hate that? Yes. A soft taco. Yeah. Like, like a, yeah, because it's the wrap and then contents, 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 and then the other side of the wrap. Yeah. So yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I, I think that's, I don't like it, but I think that's what I'm going with. <laughs> hey, I mean, I started this whole thread. I was just curious what you would say. Um, since, we were, since we're talking so semantically about like what makes a pie versus a dumpling, it's like, well, okay. So it's the form, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to hear what other judge is going to say about both of these um but yes i'm i'm hopeful that pies will carry the day because i have a soft spot in my heart for them for sure that's super fair pies uh, i'll tell you now the uh the seating for for the remaining four in this tournament because of course there's a seating you know it can't just be yeah, a silly yeah, yeah. food yeah it's really really serious it's just like sports um pies is the only one of the final four right now that was in the final four last year um, oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So pies is our third seed. Uh, cheese okay. is fifth. Rice is eight. Dumplings are tenth. So, oh, fascinating. Okay. So if pies makes it through this round, pies will have gone up in the bracket from where it was last year, which is exciting. Okay. Uh, we'll we'll see what okay. happens, but uh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, pies, I got your back. I'm, <laughs> I'm working on it over here. Um, no, I actually, I so I I remember from the. Uh, the pasta versus rice conversation that rice was pulling the upset on that one. Yeah. Um, which I, which I, which is funny that I um, am thinking about that now. I have pasta more often technically than I have rice just sure. because my fiance is uh, Italian or not, not straight on Italian, American Italian, but you know, has Italian roots. So we have pasta all the time. Right. Um, but I still definitely think rice was a good call there with just the versatility and everything going on. So anyway, yeah, cool to hear about the seating and uh, I'm excited to see where this goes. Yeah, me too. Um, well, before I let you go, uh, do you want to just, you know, throw out some quick plugs? Where can people find Oasis? Any like social media you want people to follow, including your own, whatever you want people to look up, go for it. And I'll make sure there's links in the description as well. Uh, yeah, you know, it's funny because we're actually catching this right before we do our big social media rollout. So I appreciate sure. you giving me the opportunity to plug. For right now, uh, we're just oasisfood.com, which you already mentioned earlier. So O-A-S-Y-S food.com. If you want to check me out on LinkedIn, uh, Kyle Forgeron spelled the, the French way, uh, like like blacksmith Forgeron. But um, yeah, we, we will be launching on social. We'll be launching on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok uh, in May. So certainly um, maybe I'll follow up with you, Tom, when we have that situation. But sure. uh, for the time being, we really just... You can consider this as uh, a still in late beta kind of service. So we would love to hear from anyone what they're thinking about it. If you loved it, if you hated it, let us know. I'm, I'm all ears and I really just want to make a great service that uh, people want to use. So yeah, please, please do check out our site and reach out. We'd love to get in touch with you. 
Sweet. Yeah, I'll make sure that there's a link to the website in the description of this episode for ease of access. And uh, if you are looking to uh, to reach out and contact the team at Oasis, there is a uh, helpful email address you can reach them at at the bottom of the main page. So yep. super easy to find. You guys got this. Cool. Well, Kyle, thank you. This was awesome. Take care. Yeah, you too. This episode of Up for Discussion is brought to you in part by artists. Are you a video editor or content creator? Are you tired of having boring-looking text on screen during all of your videos? Well, look no further. Artis is the first mobile app that allows you to record 3D text and 3D graphics in AR. You know when you're watching people read mean tweets on Jimmy Kimmel and you see their names pop up on screen in a little fancy video window? Well, that's what Artis lets you do. Artis helps you build screens like that into your video projects, and you can set them at angles and really make them look incorporated into the space. Having augmented reality graphics implemented into your videos is a really great way to boost your engagement, because people watching will look at it and say, oh, that's cool, I should pay attention to what's happening there. It's not It's not a boring, flat 2D text on a screen. It pops. It really shows up. So if you're an influencer, a video editor, a content creator, or just someone who wants to make better posts on their social media, check out Artis. You can download the Artis app on Android and iOS now, and you can check out their website at the link in the description below. Never let your social media posts get lost in the feed again. Artis. Stress less. Design more. If you're enjoying the show so far, make sure to hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on so that you never miss a new episode. While you're at it, consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or sharing this episode with a friend. For every new rating and review I get during the month of April, I'll be donating $2 to The Depot, my local food bank here in Montreal. They can turn every $1 into 3 which means that your free rating and review does $6 of good for a family in need. You can read about everything The Depot is doing at the link in the description below. The second person on this week's episode of Up for Discussion, Munch Madness 2021, voting in the semifinal round, is none other than Andrew Henderson. Andrew is one of the co-hosts of Debate This, a fantastic podcast about video games and comic books that answers all the questions that nobody is asking, uh, and is also one of the co-hosts of The Ploose is Loose, the Debate This spinoff where they review Marvel, Disney Plus, Marvel shows. There we go. That's the order that those words in. Not Marvel plus Disney shows. Anyway, Andrew's here. Hi, Andrew. Hey, hey Tom. That I have to tell you, that was such a better and more clean introduction than I ever give myself. So, thank you. Can I just get a, a like a clean cut of you introducing me, and then I'll use that at like at parties and cookouts and stuff. Absolutely, ladies, gentlemen, and non-binary partygoers. This is Andrew Henderson. Awesome. Got it. I'll give you a slightly more professional one as well. Please welcome to the stage, Andrew Henderson. Okay, perfect. There we go. So that, that'll, the former will be for cookouts and the latter will be for uh, conventions. Yeah. You could also use the latter for cookouts if you want to set a different kind of tone. Yeah, if it's more of like a formal cookout. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, a fancy cookout. Funeral barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> That's my other band. Um, all right. Should we... <laughs> Should we get into this? Let's do it. So uh, our first semifinal matchup is between eighth seed rice and fifth seed cheese. What are you thinking? So I've been thinking a lot about this. And if you were to ask me purely by what I consume, I feel like I would probably have to say rice because only solely based on the fact that like I feel like rice is kind of like a building block to my favorite foods because I eat a lot of like Asian foods and Indian, Chinese, and and I, you know, I always have rice. But my answer is not rice. My answer is cheese. And and I'll tell you why. Like I said, I thought a lot about this. And I think, I feel like, whereas rice is kind of like, rice enhances the food that it is served with, 
but cheese is the only of the two that really can stand alone is like unless i mean i don't know about you tom but like have you ever just do you ever do you just like eat rice like by itself without without anything just like plain ass rice just like totally plain rice just like totally plain rice i'm talking like you're not mixing it with food Mm. you're not putting in like worcestershire sauce or something like that like i'm just saying like fucking going in all ham on some commando white rice oh man you know like sometimes but i'm not i will only do that if it is left over and it's there and it's the quickest thing Mm -hmm. that i can eat you know yeah 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 and and that's 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 where i landed too is like i i don't think like maybe when i was like eight you know i'm maybe i ate like white rice by itself but i i can't think of a time they did that but you know cheese like man cheese is so versatile and can be not just an ex and act in uh what do you call it uh accent on on other foods but it can be a meal in it in and of itself and i will i will um as my as my uh my basis here i will cite my my partner who you know i may have mentioned on this show before like she and i do not agree on a lot of foods like i am more kind of like i i eat a lot more like spicier foods and like vegetables and things like that and she will only eat plain meat <laughs> <laughs> So two two opposites of the spectrum there. I gotta um, say, I do respect someone who will only eat plain meat. Yeah, well, and, and you know, we we say this all the time. Like the a good barometer for a restaurant, because like I'll eat whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. We use her a lot as a good barometer for a restaurant because she will order like a a plain hamburger, and you know, and and you know, I I usually put like a bunch of crap on my hamburger, but the the brahmers she actually if she likes it that means like the meat and the 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 way that it was prepared is actually good right you know so it, it's a good barometer for for places that are worth going back to but anyway so cheese cheese often often is like the one place where our two venn diagrams intersect mm-hmm. and it's and i was i was thinking a lot about this and like where like my affinity for it you know the the cheese board is is something that comes to mind like the cheese board is just a the charcuterie board if you will just like the perfect dining experience like nothing (laughs) you know like something that you're you're not you're not often going to do for yourself but it's like a special thing that you do when you have people over or a special thing that you may do on vacation or like a nice night out Mm. and um you know something that we we often do like if we're at a nice restaurant or something we'll we'll get the cheese board because that's again the, the 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 one cross section between the two of us and uh you know having just been like we were talking about before we started recording like we were just recently vaccinated fully vaccinated and we like hold your breath went to a restaurant <gasps> right which was crazy and like you know sat down in a restaurant and right. didn't have our food that was given to us wasn't sweaty and disgusting <laughs> <laughs> and uh and we shared a cheese board and it was just like that being such a thing that i've associated with you know like relaxation and and traveling and being and being out and like you know kind of like rewarding ourselves like it was really nice to have that experience and it felt like like the world is healing we're getting back to normal you know so uh so yeah there's there's a lot of emotion i think wrapped around cheese for me so i i've got to go cheese plus like i'm in america and we put cheese on everything that's why we're all going to die of diabetes at age 47 (laughs) well good times yeah i mean i i feel that i um yeah, th- this is a tricky one for me where I'm glad that I'm not voting because, like, I don't know. <laughs> like, like I do think rice is 
rice is essential to so many cuisines right rice is a thing that like you know makes so many things last longer and like it's versatile and it's accessible and like i don't know very many people who like feel like they're gonna die after they eat a small amount of rice whereas like you know cheese is is more expensive and it is like less accessible and it is less of a staple internationally and it does make me feel like i'm gonna die every time i eat a small amount of it but i still eat it for every meal you know absolutely i i would say the same i mean i and you in one of the earlier episodes uh you were you guys were arguing about pizza versus mac and cheese and and my in my own like in my own internal internal monologues like well both make me want to poop very, very much, but <laughs> I still eat them. Right, <laughs> I eat them regularly. So there's got to be something there. That's it. It's if cheese is if cheese is worth the sacrifice that cheese has to be for me, then, then yeah. cheese must be good. You know, must be good. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's exciting. That means that we're gonna have a tiebreaker at the end of the show nice. because uh, my previous guest voted for rice. So uh, of course. we'll see what happens there. Um, let's go into the second of the semifinals. This one is 10th seed dumplings versus third seed pies. And pies is now the only one of last year's semifinalists that's left in the competition. Oh, wow. What are you that's doing? Interesting. Uh, well, dumplings are going down, like hands down. Okay. Like dumplings, dumplings. I don't know how dumplings got this far. <laughs> uh, no, dumplings are just, it's just, it's just fancy dough. Get out of here, dumplings. You don't belong here. <laughs> dumplings is just fancy dough, huh? Yeah, just fancy dough with occasionally with stuff inside. Um, I mean, pies, like, I won't echo the other arguments, but I mean, it's been fairly clear that, like, the consistent argument for, in favor of pies is, like, pies pies is anything. Pies is, is literally anything that you can dream up and put inside inside baked dough. Have at it. Like that's that's it. I mean, it can be sweet, it can be savory, it can be both. You know, the, like I'm personally like I'm not a huge sweets person. It's very situational for me. But you know, when when we go to, I love, and and, and I go back to like traveling. Um, you know, thing I love being able to get like small bites and and kind of like appetizers or just like light meals and just like grab and go. Like my sure. our my partner and I like our favorite thing to do is like if we're traveling like maybe we're traveling abroad maybe we're in even domestically like grabbing like a pastry or or something that's like handheld and just like walking around and like man what better way to do it than just grab a grab a 99 cent hand pie and just like just go for it and that's like that is such a great like just like um just a meal in your hand that is like not very not very messy that can just that is very walkable like that to me is just it's perfect that's perfection like is way better than sitting down and, and having any you know any elaborate meal and dumplings make also make me feel like garbage so there you go <laughs> interesting <laughs> what what is it about dumplings that make you feel like garbage i, I honestly i don't know I, I think i mean don't we all have like weird dietary stuff these oh yeah days, you know for sure anything that is like like super super fried like that and like pan fried like that with a lot of butter and grease like i just i can't mm. i can't stomach you know okay I, it's specifically that like either like it does it's not it's not even as bad when things are deep fried it's just like that that particular type of like pan fried in a lot of butter <laughs> i just like i can't handle i don't know sure don't know. fair enough yeah have you had like steamed dumplings before like uh i want to say maybe like once or twice okay. but um 
Yeah, I usually I to be fair, I don't frequent a lot of like dim sum places sure. that that traditionally do a lot of that. I've had some steamed buns and steamed dumplings, but you know, I I don't like usually when I get Chinese and and a lot of and like Thai food and stuff, I just focus on the meal because the food you get is so much in sure. it already. Uh, it's like I usually don't have a have a need to do like the the appetizer stuff, but that's fair. And hey, if yeah. if for you dumplings primarily means you know fried in a shitload of butter then like that's yeah. perfectly valid you know the, where i am coming from is the is the chicken and part of dumplings <laughs> sure <laughs> that's fair but, yeah. okay well i can tell you um my other guest also voted for pies so pies is officially our finalist pie i mean pies a, pies the uh is the is the real cinderella story of of munch madness <laughs> is uh is pies your top pick for uh for next week i think so i would have gone hard on pizza mm-hmm. but now that pizza's out um i think i think i'm going all in on pies that's fair i'll be honest that the only one of the semi-finalists right now that i like have any stake in is cheese um so yeah. so that's where i'm at i'm like if oh. cheese gets through the next round i'll be happy well that's hard that's gonna be very dependent on who you have yeah yeah we'll see would, i i have to get a tiebreaker in the next like would 10 you minutes. Would you say, and from your own experience, I mean, you know, Canada's America, but like the good version and socialist, would you say the non-American viewpoint on cheese would be much different in your opinion, in your experience? The Canadian viewpoint on cheese is not. I think that the international viewpoint on cheese is. Yeah, Um, that's what I would think too. Like with the exception of maybe like Italy, I think everyone else is like (laughs) kind of like middling on cheese. Yeah. Well, that's so that's that's funny that where I'm coming from is I have a good friend of mine, buddy I grew up with, uh, moved to Sweden years ago, um, just out of a kind of a fluke opportunity and has been there since since like 2011, 2012. And uh, we were we were talking about, you know, like diet over there and how they and, and that's similar to a lot of Asian cultures like they just cheese isn't just it just isn't a thing. You know, yeah. it's just like it's all meats and vegetables. And and he he always like he comments when he comes home because he's he's from the same hometown I, I am which is western pennsylvania where we put french fries on our salads sure yeah <laughs> when he comes home he's like i he's like throwing up every day can't handle it because he's just eating he's just eating you know rice and vegetables and and and, and meats and uh yeah that's the, that's what he says that's what he attributes to every single time he's just like i just i can't it's so much cheese it's like more more so than than you would than you would think being in it all the time right yeah yeah no that's it like i I feel like there is like an abundance of cheese here and like i'm not complaining but it is definitely like what i've kind of like gleaned over the course of this year's munch madness is that overwhelmingly the people who had kind of like middling or like you know negative feelings about cheese were people who are coming out their food from a more like from Mm -hmm. a less western centralized perspective yeah if that makes sense yeah. like oh, people, totally yeah like people whose families are like rooted in places outside of north america and like that's super duper fair uh, <laughs> like yeah, yeah that's yeah. one of the nice things about this tournament is like it yeah. is so it's totally subjective totally subjective exactly <laughs> yeah okay cool so cheese and pies we'll see what happens yeah. uh with that tiebreaker i have to figure out who's going to cast that but um, in the meantime, do you want to give us some pluggity plugs and tell people where they can yeah, find you? Yeah, sure. 
so as Tom mentioned, uh, you all can find me at Debate This. I co-host Debate This with three other guys. We talk about video games and comics. Our whole shtick is we ask questions that no one is asking, like, what if Kirby ate a, a boss from Metal Gear? Um, so that's... we. Crazily, crazy enough, we've been doing the show for four years now, just about. Um, so we recently launched a second podcast called The Plus is Loose, which is uh, highlighting the the latest and greatest of Disney Plus is Marvel shows. So we're actually, as of the recording, tomorrow is the finale for Falcon of the Winter Soldier. Um, have you been watching those at all, Tom? No. Are you a, are you a Marvel person? Yeah. I, uh, um, I was a Marvel person in my youth and i think at, yeah. at heart i'm still a marvel person but like yeah. in practice no not really the, in fairness the glut of the movies like really i think has turned a lot of people off yeah myself included honestly like before we were doing the podcast the debate this podcast i had i had not seen any of them post like 2014 <laughs> um i will just to defend the shows a little bit not to sound like a corporate shill but uh the the shows that have they've been getting put out are of a different caliber mm. i feel like than the than the movies like they they have this energy about them that they don't need to be as wide ranging um and like as mass appeal as some of the movies are which i definitely like um i'll cite wandavision specifically as a as a show that like if any of you out there are like kind of interested in the mcu but like haven't really seen all the movies in our and are kind of intimidated by it wandavision's a really great like kind of in isolated story that doesn't require a lot of pre prior knowledge. So take that for what you will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know um, just yeah. from like having listened to you guys talk about it on the police is loose. It sounds great. <laughs> so yeah. In, in theory, but again, like all of us have a, an infinite list of things that we're never, ever, ever going to watch that. We just keep telling people like, yeah, it's on the list. There's never a list. One, one last plug. Uh, if uh, those of you, uh, so those of you that listen to listen to debate this, uh, we do have a Patreon as well. Um, right now, we are in the midst of our uh, exclusive Dungeons and Dragons campaign called Forbagorf and the Office Drones, which is a Dungeons and Dragons uh, real play podcast thing uh, that <laughs> features uh, real life office workers. Uh, so you know, for those of you that love Nat Tooney, which like Nat Tooney is killing it, um, check it out. You might enjoy it. Yeah, I, uh, you just might hear a familiar voice on there doing an impression of another familiar voice. That's right. Yes, uh, our very own Tom Salat and I was featured in our what I'm calling the marketing arc, which that's a thing. Be being a a Kelsey Grammer inspired orc who also turns into a wolf yeah. for reasons that you should listen to find out. Yeah, exactly. If you're into mm -hmm. Kelsey Grammer as Beast in X Men, you'll maybe be into this. Yeah, which, like, that Venn diagram's a circle, so there you go. Exactly. <laughs> Sweet. Well, Andrew, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, I'll talk to you soon. Bye. So my tiebreaker phoning in to uh, break a tie on this week's episode of Up for Discussion Munch Madness is a longtime friend of the show, George Poppy. George is uh, the guy behind Whiskey Lane, the sponsor you heard at the beginning of this episode, uh, and is also, you know, somebody who's been in our Up for Discussion family for, like, I think like four years now. George, thank you so much for phoning in to uh, help us settle something today. I am more than happy to be the phone a friend for this tiebreaker vote. <laughs> um, so without further ado, the tie I need you to break is between rice and cheese. Who do you think deserves to move on to the final round? I feel like cheesy has me. It's There's too many things you can do with it. 
There's yeah, I'm I'm gonna go on cheese here. Okay. Sweet. All right. Well, thank you. That's uh, mm-hmm. that is exciting. I uh, I won't lie. That's the one I was hoping was going to make it to the finals because I uh, have said since day one that cheese was one of my top picks. So this is uh, exciting for me. That means that cheese and pies are our two finalists, and we're going to find out next week which one of them takes the crown this year. Do you have any predictions? Ooh, I I'm going to stick one th- this out. I think uh, I I've I've done my due. Uh, job here uh, to you know move cheese forward to the final so I think uh, I'm not going to put my finger on the scale on this one fair enough fair enough <laughs> gotta stay neutral mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I you know attempt you you know as your long-term sponsor um, <laughs> in multiple to... iterations of my own business it's like I have to seem somewhat impartial of course um, yeah you don't want to piss yeah. off any potential clients by voting for the wrong thing it'd be, it'd be kind of awkward if you started hating your sponsor that would, that would just be unfortunate on my end <laughs> do you have any final plugs or words of wisdom before i let you go uh no i'm just uh super stoked to see kind of the next evolution of uh, the show as it progresses it's uh it's definitely been fun seeing it turn from a comedy only podcast and now being so food centered it's uh definitely something that i enjoy as a creative myself as uh we've done that ourselves um but yeah just super super stoked to see what you know the next four years are like yeah imagine if i'm still doing this in four years i probably will be i, I can't see why i wouldn't Oy. tom you're gonna be doing this for the next 40 years so <laughs> four is <laughs> peanuts in comparison of the grand scheme of things yeah i guess so Jeez. Well, yeah. on that existential dread note <laughs> thanks so much for voting in to vote on the uh, tiebreaker well this is it our two finalists have been determined. Join us next week for the epic finale of Munch Madness 2021 to find out if this year's champ will be our third seed pies or our fifth seed cheese. I'm also going to be making a very exciting announcement at the end of next week's show that you're not going to want to miss out on. After almost six years of doing this show, this announcement is one that uh, might be a little bit shocking and exciting for some of you, so uh, check it out. Tune in next week. That's all I'm saying. Thanks so much for listening to Up for Discussion. Do you have strong feelings about how any of these matchups went down? Tell me all about it on Twitter and Instagram at DownWithTalking or at Tom Zalatni. If you like this episode and want to help me make the show even better, you can head to Patreon.com slash Up for Discussion to donate. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll be joining the ranks of fine folks like Patrick, Gabriel, Kendall, and Carlea, Thomas, George Poppy, Killian, Sarah Angelica, and Andrew Henderson, Laura, Erica, Chantal, and David. Our patrons get access to all kinds of awesome perks, including the ability to request topics for episodes of the show. So check that out at patreon.com slash up for discussion. We also have merch, and you can hit the merch link in the description to get all sorts of great stuff from our lovely friends over at TeePublic. And of course, you can support the show for free by leaving a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice and by sharing this episode with a friend. Our theme music is by Zach Ingalls, and our cover art is by David Flam. You can find links to support both of them, as well as links to everything that Kyle, Andrew, and George talked about in the description of this episode. And last but not least, this show is produced and edited by me, Tom Zalatni, as part of the Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at upfordnetwork.com. See you next week for the finale of Munch Madness. You understand. It just takes a little time. It takes a little time. It takes a little time. Dun,
Dungeons, Dragons, Canada, the Multiverse Theory, Corgis, Queer Representation, Reconciliation, Angels, Demons, Squirrels, Moose, Moose and Squirrels, Sorcerers, Dinosaurs, Forests, Giants, Rogues, Warlocks, Plains, Sewers, Lavender, Natural Toonie, a Canadian Dungeons and Dragons podcast, right here on the Upford Network. Hi, I'm Howard Mitnick, host of Gateway Music. Join me as I talk with people about the artists and albums that changed their lives, and about the artists and albums that changed mine. Available on the Upford Network and wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> 